You're tuned into Cowl Fans, a popped off podcast, the casual fans' home for Overwatch League news. We're coming at you from the first Brandon studio in beautiful Tampa, Florida. I'm Alurimore, your host. I'm Howler. And um, I just have one question for you, for you, for the whole world. Where were you during the great Unko pause of 2019? While the greatest anime filler episode, Watchpoint, aired. I mean, there was there was plenty of um, side arcs going on before before we even got to that Watchpoint filler episode. <laughs> it was it was something. Now to tell you where I was, promptly after I knew the Guangzhou Charge were about to rack the Dallas Fuel, I decided that was enough Overwatch for one weekend. I'm gonna play some near Automata because I just started that up and that game is super super nifty. Okay. I'm having a lot of fun, so I was doing it and I'm playing. And, but I still have, like, so I have my TV and then my computer's right next to it, right? So I can still kind of see it, and I have the game on, because, like, I'm getting tokens, and I'm, yeah. I voted and everything for my sure. league picks. And then I, I noticed that there were, I saw Mickey comes in, I'm like, oh, Mickey's in! And then I noticed they're in a pause. And I kept glancing and noticing that they're in this pause for what seems like way too long, and I think... It was about the time when um, Emily was going and interviewing the Dallas Fuel that I realized something special's happening. <laughs> and I need to stop and go back to watching this ridiculousness. You really do. You and really do. I'm glad I did because I joined at the perfect time to watch an incredibly awkward and almost painful interview of Taimu. That was pretty bad. That was really, really bad. Like, I now understand why you only interview the winners. Because, yikes. <laughs> that was a tough interview to watch. Like, yeah, I'm really enjoying being one and eight. Yep. And then afterwards, how do you feel about your season in total? And he's like, ha, 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 ha. I'd rather not talk about it. Ha, 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 ha. It was like the most uncomfortable It was pretty painful. Laugh. And then right after that, Emily was like, yeah, I'm going to stop here and not go down the line anymore. We're just, this interview's over. Oh, man. It was, um... So for those who don't know, <laughs> there was a catastrophic game glitch that happened. Yes. It was not Unko's mouse. No, it was not. His character was not responding to his input. It and seemed like when I read Arrow's tweet, it seemed like it was unselectable. So it almost makes me think that this was an error of Rollock not being fully tested in the version that they're playing on. Well, what what another thing that they said was he had whiffed alts because it wasn't responding to him either. Oh, so okay. So there was significant just bugs happening. Mm -hmm. And this, this error happened, by the way, with 40-some seconds left in the Dallas Fields attack round. And then the map and the game was over. Right. That was it. Well, that's not entirely accurate. Apparently, the error had been going on. That's why ultimates had been wasted and used mm. inappropriately earlier. And so, everything got talked about. They looked through everything, and they decided that they were going to reset a Dallas's attack run because that's when the glitch happened. Okay. So, um, it, that, that's at least what's being reported via Twitter, as accurate as Twitter can be. So, Right. I believe the people who tweeted, but you can feel free to do your own research. Watching the great Unko pause is probably not going to be one of those things that you're going to go back and want to watch. Don't think I would recommend that, <laughs> but it was hilarious. And <laughs> the Bren 1v1 
fake Hanzo duel was also very hilarious. That was funny. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine, like, imagine being someone actually going back, because sometimes I do that, like, I go to the website and I choose, like, map by map, and I go and just, like, click on to, all right, I'm going to watch Ilios and right. click. Imagine clicking on to, um, what, Havana for, for that game, and then all of a sudden seeing a VOD that's an hour long, and you'll be like, oh, Overwatch League, you posted, you posted the full game VOD. Nope. Nope. Just... Just Havana. Apparently, it was over an hour of pause time. Yeah, and we were so it went. Overwatch League went incredibly late. Mm -hmm. um, from the time of this recording, um, Overwatch League wrapped up roughly eight uncle pauses ago. <laughs> That's probably a fair so, assessment. So hilarious. Which is probably an odd fifty-five AKM blades. I don't know the conversion rate. <laughs> you have to Google that one. Um, so, yeah, this is the first time and the most significant glitch we've ever seen. Yeah. It wasn't aired on TV. Hallelujah. Because if that had gotten aired, we'd have been in deep doo-doo. Because Overwatch League is trying to appeal to the masses. Right. And this isn't the kind of error that typical sports fans are going to be used to dealing with. Mm -hmm. And so they probably would not have handled it as well as the gamer crowd does. Yeah. So um, these kinds of things, uh, clearly it's not a significant error. It's happened one time. Yes, and I'm not worried about it coming out again. Because I do believe this is a factor of the Overwatch League being on a very untested patch. They got Rolock before anybody else. With no PTR changes, well, it's if a you're completely to the, separate Have you thing. listened to any of the comms checks? Because one of them was talking about the ref is standing over your shoulder watching to see if you change roles. So I don't think they actually have roll lock implemented. I think they're just playing on the old patch and been told, nah-uh. Oh. Like, I, think I watched comm checks. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, I don't remember which one, but one teammate saying the other. The ref is standing over your shoulder to see to make sure you don't change change roles, and um, I, d I don't know if that's true or not. If they were just being silly, right. because you know comms check, they could have just been silly. No, but that made silly. me think that um, that made me think that maybe they don't actually have role lock. Maybe, maybe. they've just been told you have to play the role. Yeah, it's just the rules. Huh. So okay, um, not sure. But that would have been a much easier way to implement a tested patch continuing to go forward. Yeah, but that's it, what I would have done. It, it is almost unfortunate, though, that we literally almost got through all of the regular season games in the Blizzard Arena without any sort of real technical issues. If you remember, the last technical issue that we really experienced that I can remember is um, the power outage in Dallas. Yeah, which it's a power outage. What what do you what are Even you gonna do? Even sports fans know power outages mean you. Stop. Yeah, I, we had one um, over at the Rays Stadium. There a was couple. one at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh. Remember? Vaguely. Wasn't that a couple years ago? I, I think mean, so. I mean, we know how to deal with power outages, but a glitch like this, this is weird for people. Right. I mean, this is our equivalent of getting rained, but not. Uh, that's not something that's going to translate well. It's not something you're gonna be able to explain to a regular person. Mm -hmm. So. Dang regular people. Dang regular people. Anyways, so we're going to jump into the actual show now. That part was free, you guys. No extra charge. <laughs> uh, Florida season is officially over. They ended with a 2-0 week with two 4-0 shutouts. What a way to go. Yeah, baby. I mean, that feels, that feels so good because 
there are so many top teams, one in Spitfire and Gla LA Gladiators come to mind, yeah. that when they go up against bad teams, they suddenly get bad, right? Sure. It's, it's really good not only to see Florida being a good team, but when we go up against bad teams, we're bodying them. Mm. Like, I feel like we really cemented ourselves at the end of this as like a top six team. I mean, probably. we're ranked seven in the stage. Yes, but that strength of schedule is to be sure. considered um, on who's really the strongest, right? And right. if there was a stage four bracket, I think we would have, we, semis was a real possibility for For that. sure, I think so too. Um, no doubt about that. Um, it's really great, just like you said, to see them coming out on top at this end of this stage. Yeah. To see them continue to play strong, even against these weaker teams. They're not really playing to their opponent's level. They're playing their level. Right. So we're really seeing this is how good Florida is. They are this much better than Boston. They're this much better than Toronto, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and we're not going, oh, Florida's a good team. They beat Boston, but they always play to their opponent's level. So which mm. it doesn't feel like that. It feels like no. we're just saying this is what Florida looks like right now. Mm -hmm. Which is great. Um, yeah, we're just we're we're a good team, and we handily borrowed, and so it was. It felt really good. It almost felt. It almost. It was weird for me because I was watching Toronto, the Toronto Florida game with my girlfriend, because she's a Toronto fan. Right. And it was weird watching that, and like to, I'm like, I know what you're going through right now because this is. All I've experienced. Right. That's it so. Really it was is. really weird to be on the other foot, and like now you have things like that Taimu interview, and then a lot of the Toronto players after that match, their mental is shattered. Oh my god. Like everybody's super depressed, and I'm like, it's it's weird to not be there because that's like all you know. But we we are ending this no this this stage this, this season. season on a really high note. For sure. A first positive record for a stage yeah. in franchise history. I mean, we were looking like we we are definitively seventh. Like no one can lock us out of that position. And as teams play more games, we might even just jump up over those teams if they start to lose. So I don't. It's just really good. Twenty twenty's looking bright. It really is. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited to see what happens in the off season. Push the Point did a, an interview with Dibbledork. Yes. And he talked about how they're trying to figure out how to fill time in the offseason. And as the media team, mm -hmm. they're really going to be pushing content. If you're and, a Florida Mayhem fan, definitely recommend yeah, checking that so out. Yeah, so I'm really excited to see what happens there. And going out on this high note just means that all that stuff that comes out is going to be a lot more fun for us. We're right. not going to be... The chances of us being, uh, yeah, but is it really even going to matter? Mm -hmm. It's much lower right now than it has been mm -hmm. in the past. So that's really exciting. You don't have to have cries for rebuilding the team. We're probably not going to have a major rebuild. There'll Which is be great. a little bit of shuffling, I think. I think like so, too. Probably a couple let goes here and there. But I think our starting six are here to stay. I think so. More I than likely. So. And then maybe you have replacements for them, and they might get benched, depending on how those replacements do. Sure. Or you have some different roles brought in to fill in some holes, like especially in our damage pool, like we've I'm, talked about on this show. But I'm, I'm personally hoping for some sort of PR tour through Florida. Yes. That would be like sick. Like they did last year. Right. Um, so that would be that'd be sick. Hey, mm -hmm. hey, Thibbledork, if you watch this, you should come in if you do a PR tour through Florida. We're in Tampa. We'll be on your way between Orlando and Miami, so you may as well come see us. Just saying. 
we may even consider non we'll, we'll consider gamer hours for you if necessary if necessary <laughs> so um great just great a great way to go to the end of the off season for the florida but it's not officially off season yet because there is another week of regular season yep. and then we have play-ins and playoffs and there's only one spot left in question for the play-ins tournament to see who mm -hmm. these top 12 are going to be. And the Valiant won it. It's them against the Chengdu Hunters. Yep. And they only need one win to come That's out it. on top of them. That's it. But the two teams they're <laughs> playing this upcoming week are some of their toughest opponents. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So talk to us about that. So the LA Valiant definitely are not going to have their... Um, just their kind of celebration of the Valiant that they were hoping for with this homestand. This is them fighting for their lives against the LA Gladiators and the San Francisco Shock, who two of the better teams in this meta. It's, most people definitively seem to think Shock are the best team in the league. Um, that seems fair. Maybe the only argument that could be made against them is Atlanta at this point. But it's looking, all, all roads lead to shock at this point, it does seem. Um, and then the LA Gladiators, I'm not that hot on them, but they're definitely a good team. Okay. Um, they played the San Francisco Shock the five maps, but they played the Dallas Fuel the five maps. <laughs> so I don't know, but this is, this is going to be a nuts tournament. And yeah. I don't want to get ahead of things, but I... We wanted to talk about the match of that we're looking forward to next week, right? And I think it's it's pretty. Let's just do it. Let's, let's just, just do it because it, it's so, hard for me to talk so, about this weekend without talking. It about really that. is. We already. If you if you haven't figured out what the match of the week is, I'm a little <laughs> disappointed in you. Kind of goes without saying. So we're, go ahead. It's the us, battle for LA, people. It's the battle it's, for LA. It's the people. battle for LA. Already the most hype match of the season. Yeah. Just got more hype. Yeah. Because, I mean, Battle for LA is always one of the best games of any stage that it appears in, right? These matches are always hyped. The fans always come out, and it's usually nuts. And now you're having it at the Valiant homestand. You're thinking this is going to be a really good match. Now it's literally because assuming that Valiant can't beat San Francisco Shock, like, is the possibility there? Yes. But it's not good. You you want to beat the gladiators. This yeah. is your this is your best shot, right? So it's all on this game, and so the valiant need to win this. That's going to bring an entirely different energy into this. The fans are going to be on the edge of their seat watching this. If it's a stomp, it's going to suck. But if it's any bit close, this is going to be one of the best regular season matches that we've ever had. It's true. Like I am, the the energy is going to be nuts. The already the energy from the from the battle for LA is going to be compounded further yeah. by being in a larger space because this mm -hmm. is a bigger venue. I don't think it's a I don't think it's as big as any of the other venues we've been in for homestands yet. But it's a bigger venue than the Burbank Arena, than yes. the than the Blizzard Arena. So you got that going, and then it's the Valiant playing for their playoffs, and so you know. The Gladiators fans just want to see the Gladiators come out and knock the Valiant out. This is going to have the a... Valiant fans just... The, the levels just keep yeah. stacking and it's going to be a different stacking. energy, too. Like, usually, like, the fans scream at each other, like, wings out, um, yeah. shields up and stuff. But it's like, otherwise, they're pretty nice to each other. 
I'm expecting like booze. This is when the rivalry turns sour. Like before it was like more like a fun thing and there was never really as much weight to it. Maybe outside the one time Gladiators picked them for the stage playoffs. I think that was stage four. But still like not the biggest deal. Right. This is this is huge. Um, for the Valiant, because obviously they're playing for their top 12. But you look at it, and you might think, maybe this won't be as exciting. Maybe the Gladiators aren't going to care about this match, right? If you just take a little cursory glance at the standings, you'll see the Gladiators are sitting comfortably in fifth. If they win this match, they'll get fourth. However, if you think about playoff seeding, if if you get fifth, who do you... Who do you play? You play the fourth seed, right? So right now, they're set up to play the Hangzhou Spark. If they win, they'll knock the Hangzhou Spark down to fifth, and we'll then they still, still play, play the Hangzhou Spark. Spark. So not a big deal if you're just kind of looking at it like that. However, however, if they lose, the Atlanta Reign have two more matches to play. Against winnable teams. Not even winnable teams. These are some of the worst teams in it, the league. It's Dallas and Boston. It's isn't Dallas it? and Boston, who they, are my 18th and 19th, respectively. Yeah. On my power rankings coming up. So, like, these are not good teams that the Atlanta Reign, my number two, should just thrash. And you're expecting they should be able to win with pretty good math differential. I wouldn't be surprised if both are 4 0s. Sure. I mean, we just 4 0'd Boston. Um, I believe Atlanta is a team that could do the same. Um, so, and they're only four points in math differential apart between the Gladiators and the Atlanta Reign. So you assume the Atlanta getting two wins and the Gladiators getting one loss, they're going to surpass them in math differential when they tie, and they're going to steal that fifth slot and knock the Gladiators to six. If that happens... That's the shock. That's the San Francisco shock. You do not want that. That's the last thing you want. Let's calm down for a second. <laughs> Let's calm down for a second. Okay. <clears throat> while we're talking about this. I'll try. This is a double elimination bracket. That's true. I had actually almost forgotten about that. That is people, I feel like a lot of people are forgetting about that. So even if you lose to the shock right off the bat, right. the people other people who are gonna lose to the shock or who are gonna lose lose their games, if you're the gladiators, that's a winnable bracket to go through. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking. I'm good. You're you're talking four teams right off the top wind up down in the losers bracket. Gladiators could take any of the other three if they're one of them because they played the shock, right? Potentially. You're I talking the. You're talking probably like the spark, and then whoever the two who come out of the right. You know, whoever comes out of this playing tournament. There's a chance the Titans might wind up down there. New York, I think, are going to wind up down New there. Up but down. New York's going to be winnable. Um, <laughs> whoever fourth or fifth place are going that goes down there is going to be winnable. And then the Titans might be a Maybe. trick. I think they're all going to be close, right? But I don't think you want to throw yourself right into the loser's bracket. I mean, no. But um, I, I still think if you're the Gladiators, I don't think you'll be too upset having to play through the loser's bracket. I think that's a... I think that's a successful Still, path for if you. If you know you can avoid the San Francisco shock and just hope somewhere along the way other teams beat them, like teams that have insane um, individual skill and mechanical skill, right. like a team like Guangzhou Charge, right, if they were to make it out. This is the team that maybe doesn't always have like the best coordination, 
But if Happy and Nero are playing out of their minds, there's a chance that they could just beat San Francisco Shock as a fluke. That's true. Right? I, I, These sorts Happy of teams that I don't think Gladiators have those levels, at least not in this current meta. Like, Decay on May isn't as hot. Well, don't forget, this isn't going to be the current meta. It's true, I don't, but we don't know where the meta's going to go as well. Like, this we is still a very goatsy style, and I'd be surprised if we move away from this goatsy style too I don't know. much. We'll have to see how it, how it turns the out. There's a lot the, of changes. The teams with those mechanical skill, like you're talking about, they're running double sniper, and they're doing great on it. You know, I, I, we saw Guangzhou pull out Happy right. with his Widow and with his Hanzo, and they did double sniper for a little bit, and they looked great on it. Yeah, but and they then, also look great when they're playing the Mei Hanzo or the Mei Reaper. Right, but still, and like you said, the Hanzo really seems to be the better pick between the Hanzo and the Reaper. I think, that's, I think that's how I feel. I think as this continues to evolve, we're going to sort of get away from this goatsy inward all together in one compressed space style. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to ever totally go away. I think we've learned point pressure is super important. Yeah. And that's great. We need to know that. We need to act on that, right? But to have a long-range, hit-scan DPS player sitting off the point, clicking on heads as a Hanzo, as a Widowmaker, Maybe even as an Ash, that seems really unlikely. But you know, whatever. There was, and then like play players like your Anas and like your Zenyatas and that support hero that's shooting out from a distance. Even Batiste as a main support is able to operate from a distance. Right. So, I, I just I have a feeling that as we continue to go through this, maybe it doesn't manage to take a hold during the play-ins and playoffs. Mm -hmm. That's really possible. It's not going to be a ton of time, but I think yeah. I think. I think there's a real chance that a team throughout this comes in and goes, you know, long range, not so goatsy, not so inward. Mm -hmm. It's going gonna, it's gonna to wind up being something that comes out on top. I think by the time you get to the second week, there'll be a new meta. Like, you'll have the play-in tournament, which will be just all out, kind of free-for-all. Some people trying new things. Like, I think teams like the Shanghai Dragons that are just garbage. <laughs> in this current meta. Um, they'll probably, you'll probably see a lot of experimentation with them for the new patch, trying to find something that works for them. Um, and then maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Uh, maybe a couple other teams that feel like they're at a, in a disadvantaged state as well. We'll give that a go. But for the most part, I think you'll see probably a lot of the same. And then as things evolve and they get a little more scrim time and get the practice, maybe week one we'll start to see or like the first week of like the top eight playoffs, like the actual playoff bracket, we'll start to see something a little bit different. And then by the time you're like in the second week, you'll start to see teams have figured out the meta, but only half the teams have. And then by the time you hit finals, meta's figured out. Sure. And the two best teams at it are now clashing. Hopefully, that's, Hopefully. that's the hope. That's the dream. That's, yeah. That's, yeah, that's the that's dream. The dream. <laughs> We'll see. I mean, Washington Justice are already out, so maybe it wouldn't happen. Right. Imagine, like, in a different world where um, grand finals, even, like, stage four finals, Washington Justice versus Florida Mayhem. It was real. That was a possibility. That was a possibility. Can you imagine? Out of nuts. Out of nuts. Crazy. Anyway. This is the saddest timeline. <laughs> Anyways, so we, you already sort of hit on this, but, but we're going to come back to it. We're really going to dive into this. The Valiant, they're hosting Rivalry Weekend. Mm -hmm. Their, push, their teams that they're playing are not pushovers. No. They're fighting for their playoff contention. It looks like the Valiant are going to be the first team to lose at home. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, the teams that were played 
that the hometown teams played before, they got like so lucky. That this the teams they were going up were trash garbage. Um, yeah, the, Dallas played the Outlaws at one of their worst times. And when they were 0-7. Right. And then the the Atlanta Reign played the Toronto Mayhem and, and Mayhem when we were both 0-7 in Stage 3. Yeah. So, like, they've, they've played the worst teams. Valiant actually has to play good teams. Mm -hmm. So now it'll really be able to see, because a lot of people have been saying, oh, home field advantage. Like, no, these are like... Mid-table teams beating up the the worst worst teams, and there was definitely a m bigger disparity between the worst mid and top teams back in like stage two and even stage three than, than there is, is right in now. stage four. So it, they definitely have the highest chance. And this is going to be able to see for us how this is home field advantage real because if Valiant come out and like beat the San Francisco Shock, there's something to be said about home field advantage. Yeah, that's going to be the one that we can really tell if there's a home field advantage. Yeah. The battle for LA is going to be harder because that's that's where both the teams are. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how many Gladiator fans are there. If it like ends up being majority Valiant fans because it's a Valiant event, or if Gladiator fans were just planning to go anyway and it's going to be 50-50. I, I know there's a lot of Gladiator fans that yeah, are Yeah, but going. do you think it'll be 50-50 or it's going to be like 70-30? I think 70-30 is probably pushing it. I think we're probably sitting closer to 60-40. Okay. Which is still really that's pretty even split. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day. That's a pretty tough... That's going to be a, That's gonna be the big one, right? And I have a feeling that there's a real possibility that in the future the Battle for LA winds up hosted in some um, neutral zone. You know, like when the... when the In Florida, we have some college teams that play the Gators and the, Bulldog, and the Georgia Bulldogs have this rivalry between them and they always play in Jacksonville for their games because it's a neutral third party zone in between their two places because their hmm. rivalry is very large. Hmm. So I could see the Battle for LA rivalry getting to the place where they're like, you know what, this is so big that either one of our arenas really not the place for this. Let's have a bigger third party space because they play in an NFL arena. They for play where the Jacksonville Jaguars play. Really? And so they just... With the pool, baby. Yeah. So... <laughs> so... You know, I, I could see that being a thing. They go, you know what? There's a big sports arena here in L.A. That would be interesting, <clears throat> especially considering, like, that would make sense for the Overwatch League. Because thinking of it from, like, a pro sports perspective, they're already playing in the biggest stadiums. But for something like that where you know you're going to get a larger crowd, maybe that does happen. Yeah. Maybe they go back to the Whisper Arena. But that's kind of uh, small. No, don't so. even. Don't even. I hope nobody could hear that terrible whisper. <laughs> that was awful. Um. Do you think that the fact that they could be the first team to lose at home is putting extra pressure, mental pressure, on the no, Valiant right now? I don't think that's all their pressure is getting in the playoffs. I think the fact that they're losing at home is inconsequential in their minds. I, I think they're more worried about just the fact of losing than losing at home. Had they won, or had they been in a situation where they had already locked up 12, like Chengdu lost, Right on Saturday, then yes, they would be feeling the pressure of losing at home. Right now, at okay. home, they could be on the moon. These guys are only worried about losing because that is their playoff lives. Right. And this is a team that I think could make a run. So it's not like they're just a team like Shanghai Dragons who are about to get bodied. And Unless they figure something out. It's kind of sad, too, because the Chengdu Hunters also feel like a team that could make a run. I feel like the Chengdu Hunters are going to get bodied. Really? 
Yes, without a doubt. They're not getting out of the plane. I don't know. I feel like with all the chaos fans. of a new meta, I feel like that's where the, the hunters would thrive to get out of play-ins. Uh, maybe? I think that could get them out of quarters or whatever you call it, like the first round of matches, but True. they're not going to be one of the two teams that get out. No. Like, it's it's okay. too stacked in there, man. It's crazy, the like Soul turn. Dynasty, Charge, Atlanta Rain. You don't, you don't make it past. Them. There's a real chance that the play-in tournament winner is the winner of this whole. Without game. a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, at this point, after London's loss against Atlanta Rain, London are probably going to be in this play-in tournament. Yeah. So very, we could see another London run at, in last seed or seventh seed, and then I'm. A team like Guangzhou Charge could easily make the run um, as well. With their, they, Guangzhou Charge reminds me of last year's Philly, not because they just have Fraggy on their team. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. This is just a team with like crazy mechanical skill that just suddenly showed up and like, hey, this is a meta where we can like finally like show off our DPS power. Um, so depending on how things switch, they, they can definitely go on a run. It's going to be, there's just so much good Overwatch coming up, guys. I'm so pumped. It's going to be great. It's going to be really, really great. Okay, so starting next week, you we will go from regular casual Overwatch coverage to playoffs coverage because this regular season will officially be over. Mm -hmm. We'll hit the highlights, but let's be honest, guys. You're not yep. going to care very much at the end of next week. At the end of next week, all you're going to want to know is what's happening next. Yeah, And yeah. that's all we want to know, too. And you're going to so, hit it right here. We maybe will like touch on Mayhem News briefly if it happens, but probably for the There's most part, gonna we're going to be, be focusing, yeah, focusing on the playoffs. And you know, we'll do our season review sometimes after. We've got a long off season, but for now, um, for a show that's probably half of our content is usually Florida Mayhem focused. Uh, probably, probably not going forward. It's just going to be playoffs, baby, post season. So Let's make sure you come back next week for the Cowl Fans postseason coverage, Let's which sounds really go. official. Doesn't that it sound does. super official? It does. That good makes words. me feel good. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, tell your friends. Be like, yo, friends, postseason coverage for Cowl Fans. I know, I know you guys don't live in Tampa, but come check it out. And we'll be like, yeah, go check us out. And I won't be so weird next week as I am right now. And spoilers? Might be some props. Spoiler alert. But he doesn't even know that. I don't even Spoiler know alert. Thanks, thanks for Be sharing. Ready. You're welcome. <laughs> Be Heads ready. up. All right. So that is, that's all of that you're going to get from us today. We appreciate you tuning in. Um, Want to give a big thank you to Popped Off for all of their support and the help that they give us. Remember that we are available on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Make sure you follow us on socials for all sorts of news and behind-the-scenes looks. There really hasn't been a ton recently. Nothing really big is happening in the league other than just people winning and losing. And we've been covering that here. So if you keep a look on our socials, off-season is probably going to be where we you'll should be, be getting able to the find schedule something. soon. Oh my gosh. The I'm 2020 so schedule should be happening very soon. Anytime now? Anytime now. Well, so probably yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be given some coverage of that as soon as postseason's over. Don't yeah. worry about it. We'll be here. All right? So thanks for tuning in. I'm Allure Moore. I'm Haller. And you have been tuned into Cowl Fans. We will see you next week.